0: Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So, um, tonight, I um, want to um, move to the uh, the next factor of enlightenment, of the seven factors of enlightenment. We've gone through... Mindfulness, investigation, energy. Last week we explored rapture, joy, all um, requisite mind states and qualities to develop for the experience of complete awakening. Seven factors in, in all. With tonight, we're going to go to the last, we're starting on the last uh, three. There's two triads. And mindfulness is the balancing factor. Mindfulness, it starts with mindfulness, then there's three arousing qualities, those investigation, energy, and rapture or joy. And now we'll explore the last, start to explore the last three, the three... Um, stilling qualities of calm, also uh, talked of as tranquility, concentration, and equanimity. They all are different aspects of stillness. Uh, Sometimes the word tranquility is used to cover All of these, in the sense of um, in the uh, the path of purification, uh, which is this compendium commentary on the meditative process that came out about uh, 500 A.D. It's the 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 main body of commentaries on meditative practice called the Path of Purification or the Visuddhimagga. There's two volumes. There's tranquility is volume one which is all about different kinds of concentration techniques, how the mind can get focused and still. And then the second volume is insight. Once you develop that calming, focused stillness, you can then apply it to uh, see through the solidity of things. But anyway, these last three of calm, concentration, and equanimity are different aspects of stillness. This is the way I think of it. Calm is a kind of stillness associated with a, a, a settled stillness, where there's just a, a real of stilling of formations, things settled down, and you're calm. Concentration is a kind of focused stillness where you're focusing on a particular object or even changing objects there can be concentration, but it's a one-pointed connection with what's happening. And that kind of focused stillness um, can lead to um, very uh, deep states of absorption and also um, develops a lot of these other factors. So there's a settled stillness of calm, a focused stillness of uh, concentration, and equanimity, the last, the kind of culmination, I think of as a spacious stillness, a stillness that comes from just everything is, is... Open and accepted within the field, and there's not a kind of um, reactivity of mind. They all complement each other, and they're all requisites for the awakened mind and heart. In the uh, in the Pali, the word is pasadi. P-A-S-S-A-D-D-H-I, Pasadi, calm, tranquility. One way of of thinking of this this list, as uh, I've said a few times, is that one factor can seem to beget another. Like out of mindfulness, you're looking carefully at your experience and investigation naturally arises. Out of investigation, there's energy that comes when you are interested in uh, in your experience. Out of that keen interest comes a joy, a completeness, and a um, feeling of rapture or bliss in its various forms. It's said that when there is a a deep rapture, there is a sense of calm that then uh, leads, is led to. Out of that calm is concentration. And from concentration, there is uh, a balance of mind, real equanimity. That's one way that you can look at this list. It's not as neat as all that though. It's not like, oh, okay, I got the investigation down, okay, bring on the energy, okay, now rapture, cool, all right, calm is right around the corner. It, it, it doesn't quite work like that, but there is a kind of natural progression where these qualities seem to, in a spiral way, beget each other, sometimes from a place of deep calm you might find yourself um, having a real interest in everything around you when you're not so agitated or restless. Sometimes when there is uh, a strong uh, rapture, you can get very focused in concentration or concentration can lead to, to rapture as well. So they all affect each other and one way, there is this kind of logical progression that, that, that happens. Mm-hmm. want to uh, tease one other thing out. You might think, well, what's, what is the difference between calm and concentration? Um, I kind of just said it in the way that I, I think of it. But just to know, you can be concentrated and not calm. You can also be calm and not concentrated. You can be equanimous and neither calm nor concentrated, but they travel together. You can be calm without being concentrated. You're just kind of settled in. You know, Sometimes you're just feeling very at ease and tranquil, but your mind can be kind of you know, flitting about and uh, lost in thought or uh, in a dreamlike state. Sometimes it's called uh, sinking mind where you're kind of, hmm, this is nice. You know, but you're not really clear and focused. Okay? It's still nice. If you're cultivating calm, uh, that, that's, that's not a bad thing. So it's not like, oh, well, I'm not concentrated, so what's the point? Yeah, you're cultivating the quality of calm. You can be concentrated without being calm as well. That is, you might notice changing experience. Your mind can be here noticing, oh here's a uh, here's a sensation, here's a sound, here's the breath, here's and there might be a kind of uh, energetic um, strong energies where it's not calm, but you are very connected moment to moment with your experience. And actually, as I, I think I, I said earlier in this series, what um, what teachers look for is seeing what is needed, particularly of these uh, these two triads. If there's a bit too much energy, we need to develop some of the stilling factors if there's too much stillness but not enough wakefulness and brightness then increasing the uh, the other triad is the is the support so it's all about balance the whole thing keeps on coming back to a balance and out of that balance when all of these factors are ripe and mature then the conditions are created for the mind and the heart to uh, awaken. So what is calm? First, I, I'm, I'm gonna be saying, saying stuff that's probably not news to you, but it's good to just kind of see it in the context of meditation. First, it is a mind that is free of restlessness and agitation. Isn't that so? Which is one of the classic hindrances, restlessness, worry, agitation. That gets in the way of clear seeing. And so this particular awakening factor is the antidote, is the absence of that Hindrance. Where does restlessness come from? Well, I'll say a little bit first. More about uh, restlessness. First, it's not possible to experience real happiness when the mind is restless, when it's agitated, when we're lost in worry or anxiety and it's very scattered and superficial because it's easy to get confused. And when we get confused also, it's easy to act unskillfully. And it kind of spills over to other contracted mind states. When we're restless, sometimes uh, we feel that agitation is a kind of um, heat in the mind. Isn't that so? Oh, he's, he's hot under the collar. You know. he's re- oh, he's she's so hot-headed. You, know. you feel it's actually a, a, a physical kind of um, raising of temperature when you're very restless. And calm is a kind of cooling out. Say, somebody... Oh, they're cool as a cucumber. Isn't that interesting? Or hey, I just need to chill. Well, you know, chill out, man, you know. It means as we say cool down, keep your cool. So all of this is about cooling that heated, agitated mind. Often we get agitated and lost in restlessness because of things that have happened in the past that we are running through our mind. Anybody have anything running through their mind today about something that happened yesterday or before? Yeah, and when... When you get stuck on that tape loop, it's really hard to get off, isn't it? It can be agitation about something that somebody did to you, of course. It can also be agitation, particularly painful, when it's something that we've done that we keep on ruminating. I can't believe I did that. Just keep on pressing the play button. I can't believe I did that. I really can't believe I did that. (laughs) God, I still, I did do that, yeah. (laughs) And it's merciless, just this tape loop that keeps on going. This is where you're stuck in the cycle of guilt or um, remorse, unwise remorse. Often, restlessness has to do with things that happened in the past. Where is the past? Can you turn around fast and catch it behind you? The past is a thought that's happening right now in the present moment. But it seems so real and we keep on recreating that reality. Or the other side of restlessness and time is imagining scenarios that haven't happened yet, throwing them out into this imaginary place called the future, and then worrying about them oh my goodness, what if that happens? But what if it happens? Where is the future? It's a thought that's happening right now in the present moment. But it seems so real, we buy into that thought and then keep on replaying it. As I've shared before I come from a lineage of worriers. You know. My mother says she's you're not really putting in your time unless you're worrying, you know. And if she can't think of anything to worry about, that's when she really gets worried, you know. So one thing to consider in developing calm, particularly around the past, if there is some something playing around in your heart or your mind that, that's really troubling you, to see that calm one very great support for calm is a mind that's free of remorse. And your mind might say, yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Okay, But if you only dwell on what you've done wrong, you're not seeing the whole picture. And so sometimes it's suggested that you reflect on your good deeds as a balance to unskillful things that you've done. And you see, yeah, sometimes I've done, you know, I I have times I've been a jerk, okay. And other times, I'm really not all that bad a person. And to reflect on your noble deeds is a source of cooling out the mind. And you have what uh, the Buddha talked of as wise remorse, where instead of beating yourself up. I know this one well. It's part of, again, part of the lineage is worry and guilt my lineage. All guilt does is perpetuate this cycle of agitation and restlessness. Because there you are feeling awful and you want to beat yourself up. And the perfect way to beat yourself up is to either keep on dwelling on how awful you are, or go ahead and do something new that will confirm what a jerk you are. (laughs) We do this a lot. It sounds so bizarre, but when we are locked in that kind of self-condemnation and we just feel that we're really not a good person, we highlight that part of ourselves and create a self-fulfilling prophecy. Whereas the Buddha talked about wise remorse. He said, okay, you've done something unskillful. Instead of keeping on beating yourself up, what have I learned from this? How can I see cause and effect in a way that will break the cycle of that unskillful action? How can it be a cause, a launching pad for a new way to be in the world? And in that way, particularly, say, if you've acted unskillfully and somebody's been on the receiving end of it, if you just keep on perpetuating the the smallness then nobody is winning. But if you do what you can to make amends, which is highly recommended, and dedicate that new spirit, that new intention for the welfare, of, not only of your welfare, but for the welfare of that being, may the goodness from my, of, of my merit in acting skillfully in this way, from now on, and all the people that will benefit from my doing it a different way, may all of that merit be shared with so and so who i've caused some harm to that uplifts the whole dilemma and it cools out the mind on one uh, the first time I did a long retreat uh, on the the fall retreats in Massachusetts. Um, I got, I did get really calm, calmer than I've ever been in my life, by far. Like, wow, it's really possible to just be calm. And in that, um, it it came to me. I said, "What am I learning from this?" and what came to me when when people would ask well, what'd you get from this retreat i i got in a in a very um, direct way that it's not worth the ripples in the mind to do things that will disturb yourself i don't know how that connection it was it, it kind of came to me it was just this is so It feels so good to be undisturbed, it feels so good to to feel whole and to feel at ease within myself, knowing that I'm not a saint and that could easily do unskillful things. The thought of doing something unskillful I could just see, even as the thought came to me, it's like ooh, all of that disturbance. And it was that was my lesson from that retreat that, that stuck with me. This is many, many years since. It's not that I've never done anything unskillful since, unfortunately, I, I have to say. But I keep on coming back to that every time I do something that I later say, oh, gee, what was I thinking? It's not worth the ripples. Even though on the front end it seems yeah, what the heck, you know. Oh, it's going to feel so good. Or, yeah, they they deserve whatever. If I think, how is this going to feel later on? And kind of project into the future and looking back and seeing, oh, this is going to really disturb my mind. The The few mind moments of either venting or pleasure or whatever, are not going to be worth the countless mind moments of restlessness and agitation afterwards that's that's one of my my main practices when i've got that choice point um, all because it feels so good to have a mind at ease and and uh, calm. another way that we get lost in restlessness besides Thinking about the past and and feeling remorse is our busyness, isn't that so? We get so addicted to stimulation, especially in this culture. You know, with you know, ten second sound bites seem like long these days. Right, where we're constantly barraged by stimulation that. After a while, it's our natural way of being. We think that's how we are operating, and that's how one operates in the world. And even though it's stressful, it feels so familiar that there's a kind of withdrawal from that stimulation. And so people come on retreat, and they say, oh my God, where's the show? Where's the entertainment? You know, what... There's gotta be more than this, you know. You know, there's that, that Zen cartoon, the, the, the Zen the old Zen experienced student and the uh, and the new the novice uh, who comes into the Zen uh, monastery and the the new the new guy is looking at the door leaning forward and, and the old experienced student says, Nothing happens next. This is it. is this it? Oh my god, I'm going to go out of my skull. And so there's that withdrawal of of stimulation. It gets it takes some getting used to and we look for activity. We look for things to busy our mind. Mm-hmm. Of course, another so- source of restlessness Uh, besides busyness, is, as I said before, uh, worry or fear. And that's also an understandable reaction, particularly if we've been activated in some way inside, which usually has to do with the past, being afraid of a repetition of something that's happened to us in the past, and it getting activated. And many of us, um, part of our process is learning to open up and, and work with skillfully the traumas that we've had in our life. And so, even though we know there's nothing out there realistically that is dangerous, perhaps, there's still the body still remembers that trauma. And it's it's something to uh, to really honor and not just say okay get over it there's a there's processes of of really reminding the body and teaching it that it's it, that it can release that fear whether it's somatic experiencing or emdr or other kinds of trauma work but one of the keys if you're just having that mode of toppling into the future. Some people more go into the past, some people more go into the future. Those who go into the future, the antidote is wise attention, is coming right here into the present. Because the present moment is usually bearable and workable. Here's where there's refuge, right here in the present moment. Mm. Calm is is something that we develop in our meditation in our body and in our mind. There's There's a saying, calming the breath calms the body, calming the body calms the mind. So whether or not you've ever heard Buddha Dharma, probably since you were little, if somebody got really agitated, you'd probably hear, just take a few deep breaths. It's so. Because when we get agitated, our breath gets very cut off, and then we feel bottled up and get that much more. It gets intensified. Calming the breath calms the body, calming the body calms the mind. Okay. Like you, right now, just to um, close your eyes and take a few deeper breaths, nice, slow, relaxed breaths in the service of calming your whole system. Don't force it, but just allow a nice deep breath. Breathe in a calming kind of energy. And then you might hold it for a few moments. And then as you breathe out, release, let go. As I say, let go of anything you don't need. Take a few more breaths like that. Nice deep breaths in, hold it for a while and you're breathing in calm. And then as you breathe out, Release, let go. And as you do this, you're simply inviting in. Don't go grasping for it. Think of it as a gift that you're giving yourself for a few moments, It's as much the letting go on the exhale as the breathing in and nourishing yourself with calm on the inhale. Now, to just have a little um, variation of this, now, as you breathe in and take these somewhat deeper breaths, get a sense of your whole field expanding beyond your skin, so that there's a whole lot of space that your your body does your field doesn't stop at your body that there's more and more space to open up to because it 's the spaciousness that allows for a kind of cooling out, chilling out. Let your field be as wide as that energy needs. And now one further support is as you're taking these breaths, if you have any kind of excess energy as you breathe out, share it with the earth. Send it down through your feet or your, uh, your buttocks or wherever you're connected to the ground. Just send any excess energy that you don't need down into the earth. The earth can handle all of it. It's here for you. So there's a kind of spaciousness and a groundedness And now you can let the breath find its own natural rhythm and not to try to manipulate it in any way. Just let the breath breathe you. Allow yourself to be breathed. To whatever extent possible, you know, don't, don't fret if, if this is uh, not as textbook as you'd like. Just allow it to be however it is. And let yourself be breathed and just relax into the breath. You don't have to pounce on it. Just receive it as it moves through you. And simply let yourself settle into the moment. No trying. No straining. Just letting yourself be. And if there is Any sense of calm. Now turn your awareness to calm and explore the landscape of calm and tranquility. You don't have to make anything out of it. Simply connect with it. And even let yourself enjoy it if it's here or whatever is here. Okay. (coughs) Just for the next few moments, let yourself rest. Nothing to do. No responsibilities, no activities. Just for a few moments, really let yourself rest. You deserve it. And let yourself enjoy rest. Enjoy the absence of stimulation and enjoy the stillness Enjoy the calm. Very gently, when you feel like opening your eyes, if you want to stay with them closed, that's okay, but when you do feel like opening your eyes, still. Let that sense of rest and ease um, be in your, in your space. Let yourself be held by it. I'll just go on, just say a few more words and then we can check in. So. One way that I think of seeing the meditative process is learning to become familiar with the absence of stimulation and learning to become familiar with stillness by learning to be with everything, but being with it without tensing up and reacting, that's what we usually do. If it's, if it's unpleasant, uh-oh, what do I do now? If it's pleasant, yeah, bring it on, how do I make more of it here? But to just being with everything, finding a center in the midst of all the comings and goings and learning to not have our habitual reaction to whatever is happening in the moment, and to more and more, in that finding a center, to let go into calm, into a stillness that can can be at ease right in the midst of it. You really, one way to think of meditation is learning to relax. Now, it's kind of a funny thing that sometimes many people say, I want to meditate cuz I want to learn how to relax and then they take a beginning class and they say, "Hey, this isn't as much fun as I thought it was," you know? I'm not I'm I'm going, you know, I got all this stuff coming up and I get bored and I get, you know, yeah. So, if you're saying, "Come on, I want to relax." I'm still not relaxed. It gets very frustrating. But what you're doing is learning to find a place of ease within the midst of all of these things that come and go. And in that becoming familiar with that centeredness, you realize you don't have to fight your experience. It takes a little while to kind of get that idea for some people. Some people get it uh, sooner you know, then others, they're, they're, they're fortunate. For many people, it takes practice to just be with the whole show and not be tossed and turned. It takes a little while. But what you're doing is more and more getting in touch with that center that can be here for anything, which has, a, has some equanimity in there, of course. All of these kind of support each other. But finding a place of okayness right within the activity And that is really what allows you to relax by not being contentious with your experience. And what happens, what can happen, what I encourage you to more and more keep in mind if you start to get glimpses of that possibility is to more and more let yourself love stillness. Let yourself love peace. Which is it again, that goes against the grain for most of for many of us. I need some stimulation. Or if it's it gets too quiet, what happens if I disappear? And and you know that, that's a common thing. Where's where's my identity, you know, if I'm not my thoughts? Or gosh, this is so boring. Well, it's more and more learning to just love stillness, which can be so compelling once you kind of... And we've all had this experience. This is not something new. If you've ever been out in nature on a beautiful day and you're just kind of kicking back with nothing to do and it feels so wonderful for a few moments that nobody's going to disturb you and you can just chill out. We all know that, but it's possible to consciously value that even in a sitting posture, besides when it's on a beautiful sunny day and, and, uh, and all life is, is going just hunky-dory for you. So the more you can love stillness, the more you incline your mind that way here i'll just quickly share the supports from the commentaries the seven supports for calm and then we'll see if there's any questions okay one these are the classic ones proper food good nutrition if you're not taking care of your body it's really um, it's hard to uh, to be at ease. Very practical. Two, the, one classical one, they say, good climate. We are really lucky here. You know. But, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't, the, the, uh, the, the, the rains retreat, if you sit in Burma, you know, uh, in either in the hot weather or in the monsoon, it's not exactly you know San Diego, but and you can get very very you know you can be liberated there. It's taking care of yourself uh, in whatever the climate conditions, but it helps to have good supportive external conditions. Three, a comfortable posture. It's really hard to be calm if your body is screaming, so you're not. Getting any extra points for being a macho meditator, you know. (laughs) Take care of yourself. Four um, balance of effort that is not striving, not being really zealous, but not being so laid back that you know. Well, if I'm mindful, I'm mindful. If I'm not, I'm not. Good (laughs) luck, you know. That needs to have a balance of, of effort and, and connection. Um, next, the next three, are the, uh, the last three, are the common for all of these seven factors. Avoiding people who are agitated. That is, avoiding the mind state that you're trying to cultivate. Avoiding being around people who are agitated, who are cruel, who are rough, who are mean-spirited you know unless your center is strong enough that you're not thrown by it in which case you can affect your environment but to avoid those people who have the opposite quality being around the company of those who are calm it rubs off on us right and the last inclining the mind towards calm not grasping not saying, come on, I, I, I'm dying for calm, you know, but just inclining, inviting it, allowing it, being open to it, and recognizing it when it's here. So those are the supports. Um, hmm. if we, we don't have much time, but um, if there's any question, any uh, burning question about this, about practice, maybe we can have time for one question. If there is. Yeah. A Taoist proverb takes seriously what the world takes lightly and lightly what the world takes seriously. Sounds pretty good. Okay, so this this week I would encourage you. I mean, why not? Th- I know this is going to be a heavy-duty assignment. Uh, <laughs> let yourself chill out from time to time. You know, that is invite calm when you're feeling agitated. And of course, there's lots of other ways that you might find to bring calm. Actually, just uh, we can maybe take a moment. What what brings you calm? yoga beautiful what else beautiful music yeah calming you down yeah an orderly environment excellent yeah it orders it orders your mind to being organized thank you what else a perfect mango a perfect mango <laughs> all right go for it <clears throat> breathing, calmly. breathing calmly yeah What else? Walk in the woods, being out in nature, getting some space, exercising, moving your body, discharging energy when you're overloading the system. Eating while sitting down. Eating (laughs) while yeah. Radical. Eating while sitting down instead of standing up or on the go or driving. Yeah. Just doing one thing at a time. That's, A big one. Instead of multitasking, unitasking. Okay. Last one. Okay. Making sure you have enough time so you don't have to feel agitated. That is, minimizing the hurry, going from one point to another. Beautiful. Giving yourself enough space. Usually that means half again what you think you're going to need. Yeah. All of these things, we know this, and just let yourself love come and not get sucked into the addiction of the stressful, busy life, hectic life that we all find ourselves caught in. So make it a, something that both is in your daily life practice and uh, in your meditation practice. Take some deeper breaths. Let yourself open up, share the energy with the earth. This is a very healthy, wholesome thing to do. It's a factor of enlightenment, and it's something that we can all cultivate. So I'll, we'll just close with a short loving kindness. Let yourself feel the, the blessing of being around like-minded friends and that you love the truth and love waking up, love being consciousness. May I open to more calm in my heart, in my life. May I share my peace and my calm and my goodness with everyone I know. And then, sharing it with everyone here and out to all beings. May all beings know peace and calm in their life. May all share their love well. May all wake up to their true nature. And may our time here any benefit that we accrue in our life, in our hearts, be shared with all beings everywhere. May all beings find happiness and peace. Thank you very much. (coughs) Have a great week. Next week, Concentration.